Hey, everybody! It is Yasser! I forgot my line. I'm just kidding. It's Isaiah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are from my brother Sneaker, and we've got a little announcement. We are teaming up with a podcast app called Spoke to give you three exclusive uh, episodes. Uh, Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. The Spoke team handpicks the best moment from a ton of podcasts and creates playlist clips from a bunch of shows. And you can just search and try them out and find anything that you love. For instance... Oh, yeah. There's a playlist on there uh, called Slice of Life, which is all about like crazy, incredible things that happen to everyday people. Like, I just learned this, bro. I just learned some people pay their bills on time, dog. Oh, is that a thing? Dog, people will have a bill due date and they will pay that bill before then. That's crazy to me. Before then. You know what else is crazy? What? Spook also has a a lot of fun, exclusive content from Feral Audio. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, like our tournament episodes, they're going to be, oh, like, yeah. you know, there's going to be stuff like Sleep With Me, a lot of our, our other great shows here at Feral. You don't want to miss it. Yep. Download Spoke now. It's free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of my brother's sneakers exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash my brother's sneakers. Model boys, cute boys, round butt boys all day. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high-performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks, plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. Feral Audio. Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. Uh, if you uh, are new to the show, uh, there's I've been doing the show for a few years. I took a break, uh, and where I came back to discuss uh, Trump's how Trump is affecting various uh, people and situations in 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 our world. Uh, I've talked to a labor rights individual. I've talked to a uh, a woman with. Uh, who is a disability rights and artist. Uh, and today I'm talking with Dr. Carol Queen, who is a sexologist, and we talk about how the Trump administration will affect uh, sexual attitudes, behavior, uh, the transgender world, the gay and lesbian world. Uh, it's a very... Dr. I, I, Dr. Queen is awesome. I uh, met her for, through a different thing. I was working on some weeks ago and uh, I just uh, instantly liked her and I was like I got to get this woman on the podcast and and that was before Trump and then I even had more of a reason to so it's a great conversation uh real quick I just want to say um 
do me a favor and review the show uh, on iTunes and write a review and if, say nice things, would you? Say some nice things. Also, uh, if you go to feralaudio.com slash survey, we're doing surveys about what you think of the shows and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you can uh, get a $100 Amazon gift card if you do that. So that would be pretty great if you did that. Help us out. Also, uh, I read this article and I just... Uh, I, I, I find myself this week getting exhausted by the constant barrage of news and the constant need to read things and trying to keep up with uh, what Trump and Bannon are up to next. And it's exhausting. It's tiresome. And then I read this article and I've already thought this, that they, they're, they're having a shock and awe approach to these first hundred days. And I think they're intentionally bombarding us with these executive orders. Some I think they know that won't hold, but I think they're just fucking with us. And then you got Carol, uh, Kellyanne Conway lying about Bowling Green Massacre and stuff. I don't think those are... I, this is all... It's intended chaos from them to keep us scrambling. And I think they also want to exhaust us. And I think we talk about this a little bit in the episode. But I, I, I just want to emphasize how important it is to, um, to stay focused and keep your eye on the prize. And know, see the bullshit and don't take the low-hanging fruit of Caroline Conway saying the thing. I, there are a lot of... Uh, things within her lies that we need to be cautious of because it's they're discrediting the media and all these dangerous things or Trump with his tweets where he attacks Schwarzenegger. It's just flushed. And it, and it all really probably in the end is distracting from Russia and why we don't see that in the media as much as we should. Anyway, I'm just I'm just saying don't tire because I feel like People have been getting out there and they've been protesting and they've been calling their senators and representatives and they have been affecting change and people and I think people on the right and left in these seats are feeling the pressure and we cannot allow ourselves to get exhausted. It is too important and we must continue to do so um, and support your news. I know a lot of these things are said often in various forms uh, in by our various leaders like Robert Reich and stuff, but they're truth and i think we need to repeat it and i need we i think we need to continue to encourage one another to keep fighting because the the future of our children the air the water and our own personal health is all at stake here so that's all let's remember to do that wish i had something funny to say right now <laughs> but i don't here's something funny the past episodes when i when i when i record these on the phone when i do phone interviews I'm sitting on my toilet. I record these in my bathroom because I have two dogs and a one-year-old daughter. And frankly, it gets I can't do it in the living room or the kitchen because the dogs will bark, the baby will cry. And uh, so there. So imagine me now in jeans and hoodie with a TV tray in front of me and a microphone and a laptop as I do this interview with uh, the great Dr. Carol Queen. Exactly how you would want to be uh, announced, a, a, a doctor of sex sexology, or what? What? Yes. Okay, that's doctor of sexology. I'm 
staff sexologist at Good Vibrations, and I'm uh, um, the founding director of the Center for Sex and Culture, and I'm the author of several books. Most recently, the Sex and Pleasure book, Good Vibrations Guide to Great Sex for Everyone. Oh, that's great. And this... And, uh... It's interesting because I was thinking of a, a, a variety of things to ask you about this morning. And it's, 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 it's just interesting to me that one of the things I thought of is Trump as president is is going to hurt people's sex lives. I mean, is that even a totally absurd concept or does that seem... Well, no, it's not an absurd concept, but it's very, very ironic given that so much of the... Um, outrage ahead of time uh, in the election cycle had to do with Trump's sex life or the the kinds of attitudes that he brought forward. And there was so much sort of punditry. Um, you know, are we are we actually going? Shall I, yes, I give yes. you my whole analysis? Yes, Great. we are going. <laughs> okay, so th- there's so much about the run-up to the election that had to do with Trump um, and his sex life and his sex attitudes and all of that, that it seemed as though he was more outré than, you know, even those old divorced presidents had been. And now, instead, we find that because particularly he's been connecting himself with right-wingers for support, his vice president choice, Mike Pence, is very anti-LGBT, and I just last night read an article about Steve Bannon suggesting that he thinks what's wrong with the whole world is a turn away from Judeo-Christian culture, um, which involves gender roles, which involves sexual behavior, and which, of course, involves diversity of religious thought. So this is deep, as they say. There's a lot going on in terms of how people's sexuality might potentially be affected. And at the very beginning, we can see that there's going to be an issue around birth control and access to reproductive rights, and that affects at least heterosexual women's and other people who have sex with women's sex lives and sexual decisions. So in short, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy uh, because it is – he's been so braggadocious about his – sexual conquest so to speak and mm-hmm. now he's in this in this world of total repression which i can't i highly doubt he it's i it's i can't get my mind around it it's it's well, i'm sorry Howard stern had something to say about this yesterday too which was that uh yeah no this is not the donald trump that i've known for all these years this is this is donald trump dealing with a very different set of influences than than Stern has known him to embrace in the past. So it's possible that Trump himself is a little confused about all this stuff, although that may be giving him more credit than he <laughs> should. Yeah, it, it, I, I, the motives of what he is doing and what you associate him with in the past is very confusing. And it does lend itself to the concept or theories that, you know, somebody's got something on him. <laughs> or at the very least, that the, the, the source of support that came um, to lift him up was essentially 
strategic right-wing support. There's this whole populist thing, of course, that is reactive to all these different things in the culture. It's reactive to immigration. It's, some of it's reactive to LGBT rights. A lot of it's reactive to sort of the global economy and jobs leaving the United States, although anybody who thinks that the, that was the Democrats' idea in the first place uh, is wrong. The Republicans have traditionally been the party of business, and this has been going on for at least 40 years. So all that is, is happening, but at the same time, the people who who can make the strategy execute to get him in the president's office are not populists exactly. You know, they're they're political insiders and political outsiders like Bannon, who is all of a sudden a big old insider. Yeah, I I mean, I, it's hard not to think that Bannon is the main one pulling these strings and his you do a mild bit of research about him and it's utterly terrifying right away there's not one positive you don't even hear he's a good father (laughs) or that he likes dogs oh i hope he likes dogs but wait a minute what good would that do really yeah um what are your concerns because it's when he was elected like the it was a series of just realizations for me of like, oh, this is going to go to hell and this is going to go to hell. And of course, uh, marriage rights and is and, and there was rumors that he was going to make an executive order about, I believe it was gay marriage or some of the LBGT yeah. rights this weekend. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Well, the, the obvious groups that have gained the most recently in their long-term work to do, uh, you know, to come to come fully to the table of citizenships uh, in, in this country are, are LGBT people. And we've got acts of harassment and violence stepping up just since the election. We've got Mr. Milo running around the the country who says that he couldn't be possibly homophobic because he's gay, but he's being really vicious about trans people, and there's plus some other things that um, we might have some worries about about him and his overarching commitment to social well-being. But but really, LGBT rights so many gains are so recent, and so many gains are part of the overarching anger of the religious right wing, which stepped up to Trump in spite of all of Trump's moral questions, uh, the questions and moral questions about him, I mean. I don't know that Trump himself has any moral questions. If he did, this might be going a little differently. But the the right wing doesn't like these LGBT gains. It, they haven't supported any of this. And so there's worry in in that community, which which is my community actually, I identify as bisexual. So so there's great worry that that these gains could in some way be reverse reversed or at least, and this is really realistic that a religious rights bill could be passed that would allow anybody to discriminate on the basis of religious belief. And of course, um, there's a strain of Christianity that is very anti-gay and seems to be saying it's anti-trans lately too. And the, this, this belief system 
um, I think it's really important to say it. Not all Christians believe this. There's a whole batch of other Christians who read the Bible completely differently. They say, it doesn't say those things. It's sort of like these constitutional originalists and the people who are like, um, some other things are going to happen in the ensuing 200 years. So uh, the Constitution says absolutely nothing about smartphones. We're on our own here. <laughs> so uh, the more the more liberal or progressive Christian denominations, or even just the old mainline Protestant ones, in many cases, have have struggled and moved forward around these issues, whereas the more conservative or evangelical people have have sort of used LGBT rights as a dog whistle and not in a positive way. So that's the first thing I worry about. The next thing, of course, that I worry about, and um, it, it's. If anything, it affects more people than the LGBT challenges is how women are going to get their birth control, get it paid for, um, whether things are going to change around um, women's access to birth control. There's an argument to be made that some of the more conservative people would like women to have their husband's permission uh, to use birth control. And, of course, some women don't have or want husbands. And so uh, you can just see what kind of dumpster fire that could turn into. And, of course, access to reproductive rights of all kinds includes access to abortion, and that is a huge red flag for those folks. So those are the, those are the top things, whether or not we start to go backwards in time, look at questions about whether you can marry anybody you want to based on questions of race. You know, that's only, that's only 80 years in our rearview mirror. That's not very long as far as historical time is concerned, whether or not sodomy laws that used to apply to heterosexuals too will go back to applying to them. We don't know any of that yet, do we? And all I can say is a whole lot of Americans, including many of the populist people who elected these folks, don't want those changes to occur. You know, some of the religious right do, sure, but your average person who's mad because their factory job went away, they might actually like living in the 21st century in all other respects. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah, it's interesting, to, me interesting to me that I'm getting some kind of... I heard some feedback for a second. Uh, it's interesting to me that this, in my opinion, a small minority of the country, these religious right people, are having such an influence on the entire country, which for the last eight years, especially the last few years, I felt like we were v moving very forward and I, I have a nephew who's gay who lives in rural Illinois and he's open and proud and I don't think you he would have felt safe to do that uh, in a different era or like w this era now right right no I mean it's gonna it's gonna affect people who are already out for sure at least people in relatively conservative areas it will very much affect people's ability to feel that they can safely come out. And, you know, that's, that's the bad old days as far as the LGBT community is concerned. That's the people having to hide. That's the people being able to be extorted. There's, there's, so, many, there's so many elements of what it means not to be able to be safe as who you are sexually that um, the average person in this country doesn't think much about because it never really affected them or the people like them. But LGBT people know well that in a situation where, say, sodomy is illegal again, that means, means that people 
assume that gay sex as a whole is illegal again. It depends on which statute you look at to determine whether sodomy is, you know, anything that two same-sex people do together or just oral sex and anal sex or just anal sex or what. Uh, because every every state that had sodomy laws defined it just a little bit differently. But it's going to be hard for the kids. It's going to be hard for the people who would have come out midlife. Um, there will be a, a large infrastructure of support that didn't exist in the 30s, 40s, 50s, but there will also be a much more open um, anti-gay community. I mean, I think what this election has revealed is really the way the United States has been culturally living like oil and water. And if you're in one or the other strata, it seems like everybody feels the same way. And it's only the people who live in those, you know, purple states or or the very progressive people in the conservative states or the conservative people in the liberal states that understand that everybody doesn't think pretty similarly. Everybody clearly does not think similarly. And it's, of course, not only sex that this is going to affect, but but if anybody thinks, oh, you know, we've we've undergone a lot of change, you know, the summer of love was 50 years ago, for heaven's sake, how can it go backward? Um, one of the things that I read this morning, I think it was in the New Yorker, was a guy reminiscing that when he was young, he had a friend um, from Kabul, and he was looking at a photo album of this guy as a kid, and in the streets of Kabul in the 1960s, women were wearing miniskirts because of the liberalization that was going on in, in that period of time. Um, and then it went all Islamic and put on your burqa. And, you know, I looked at science fiction to try to help me understand what might be going on. And um, I realized that's not the only source of knowledge that a person should uh, turn to. But Margaret Atwood wrote The Handmaid's Tale a long time ago. And it's probably good that it's coming out as a movie this year because I think people might need to study on that and understand that there may be some people in this country who would think that that was a perfectly okay. We don't like to think in those terms, but but we need to understand that, you know, politics is a constant dance between two really different visions of the future, and it's never been more evident than it is right this minute. Yeah, it's... It's... I have a multiple of thoughts on a psychological, a psychological level. Why do you think these people? I know they say it's their religion, and and that's why they're offended. But do you? Th- there's clearly deeper issues that are with these. I, I I think of my mother often, who is very Christian, and she gets really offended by certain things, and in and, and I I can't help but think I'm like. My mom is repressed and, and kind of maybe in some way yearns for that kind of freedom. Or can't imagine what that kind of freedom would even be. I mean, I think there's 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 several there's several psychological pieces to this that that you know might be worth thinking about. Uh, I don't I don't know that there's an an end answer to all of this. There's been some really interesting brain research that suggests that the brains of liberals and conservatives are really different and and that conservative brains are more likely to appreciate authoritarian 
uh, worldviews, and and it's like, well, ooh, that's that's scary right there. But of course, there have been very progressive Republicans. There have been homophobic. Democrats, it's, that's not that simple. And even as I said, in terms of, of religion and Christianity alone, it's not that simple. So um, certainly some homophobia comes from repressed same-sex attraction. That's been, that's been understood for decades, um, except apparently by the people who are acting it out. They don't appear to understand that. that some people can look right through them and go, now I'm not suggesting that your mom is really a lesbian. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. I wondered that about my mom for a while. Rest in peace, mom. It's but, crossed my but mind about that, my mom. Yeah, I don't know that that, that that was it either. But 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 when you say repression, and I mean, I think it's it's worth it's worth remembering how not so long ago women and men were raised in such different gendered universes that it made sense to call us opposite sexes and it which were not dad nummit but but <laughs> but it made sense to say that in a certain way and it made sense to uh think that that any woman who wanted you know, out of that relatively safe and restricted world of the middle class woman, because of course rich women often have been able to do mostly what they want. That's why we started to get ladies flying airplanes to begin with, I think. And also, <laughs> and also, you know, starting modernist poetry uh, publishing companies in. Paris, that wasn't the middle class people doing all of that stuff, more more the, the people who had some freedom to work with, who who were already more cosmopolitan and international. You know, I'm talking about the 20s and 30s right now, but you could kind of say the same thing. And it wasn't poor women either. Poor women didn't, you know, poor women had to do what they had to do. And so there's this idea about what... what womanhood has always been that was never actually true of all women anyway. But the people who are using it to to think about how they dislike social change over the last 1,500 years or so are certainly using that idea. And the person who wants to go back to it, who's a woman, probably really wants to feel safe, secure, um, she wants her attentions to her family to really get social cred instead of, um, you know, people saying, well, that's nice that you've got some kids, but what do you do? It's like, well, a lot of women are really mad about that, and, and I can understand that. But, but the, the social cred means that apparently you don't get to opt in to this, it's it's sort of part of this whole cultural civil war thing, and and I think that the that the safety element of it is af- affecting everyone um, from that perspective. On that side of things, I think that the idea that we've heard nothing throughout this presidential season that you're not safe, you're not safe, you're not safe, is very affecting to them, and. People who are more progressive are like, well, the the odds of me being damaged
damaged in a terrorist situation or kind of like being hit by lightning. I don't want either thing to happen to me. Of course, we've got to work. How are we going to stop the lightning? I don't know. We can we can work to better our relationships with other people. It's, it's a completely different psychology of we have things we can do to affect the way things are now, whereas um, the other side is all build a wall. And, you know, if we start to think about building walls, there's lots of walls we could build in this country. It's probably not what we're going to wind up wishing we did. It's it's bewildering to me how effective the tool of of fear repeatedly has been used and people buy into it, it seems, repeatedly for centuries. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like... Yeah. I think about that when you're like the, these. Everyone's afraid of terrorists. I'm like most of these. Like if you're in rural Iowa, you're you're pretty. You you know you're you're okay. <laughs> it's like right. The people most most afraid are are actually not most at risk from from that perspective. And I wonder really when I'm thinking about these things. I wonder about um, what people on that side think about the way that in order to do the things that they want to do to keep everybody safe and to bring America back to what it used to be, not that that can happen, um, because it didn't used to be one thing. They don't seem to understand that. Um, I wonder if they understand the degree to which they're asking other people to change their lives completely. Like, I, I, I'm getting from this, this whole argument that's being had right out in the open now that the changes of the late 20th century may have meant that a lot of them felt they had to change their lives unwillingly. Um, but, but a lot of that is perception. I mean, the whole discussion about whether, whether my gay marriage hurts your straight marriage, please. You know, behavior inside a marriage hurts the marriage. Yeah, <laughs> That's what hurts a marriage. Please, people, you all need more marriage and family therapists. You need more sex therapists. That's what you don't need to blame gay people getting married for things getting gnarly in your own lives. Because that's the that's the problem psychologically with this this us and them idea is that it it, it escalates. You know, once you once you see all these differences between people, you start to blame things on them. You know, where's the end of that? It doesn't come around to make everybody similar again. It just doesn't work that way. It's, there's a friend of mine pointed out that this election was about selfishness. He, it, that was his take mm. on it. And it's like, mm. it's interesting to me because people, these people want their coal jobs, but not these people, that sounds terrible, <laughs> but they, they, people are asking for coal jobs to come back in these. And I'm like, these are jobs that are not good for the environment. They're not good for the future of my daughter. And it's, it's just incredibly short-sighted. And no one is, the government should be offering training for these, these folks right. who have unfortunately are in these bad situations to right. help them get out of it. But no one, yeah. it's just, it's a very... I I want to have compassion for them. I've been poor in my life. I understand what that is like, but it's also like they need to, I'm trying not to sound callous, but snap out of it a bit because it's not realistic. Well, and the, let's, let's face it, the jobs weren't good for them either. Hello, black lung. You know, I mean, if if that's what 
if if that's what reality seems to be, then then people will accept it generally, except for all the people who said, uh, wait, no, I think I better get out of here. I don't want that job. I want a different life. But the fact is that if we have not succeeded in bringing new economic possibilities and training to the people who needed it to give them dignity, then we need to figure out a way to do that because whether or not we decided that coal was a dirty source of fuel or whether the seams of coal ran out, the day would eventually come one way or the other. You know, there's there's got to be some version of progress that doesn't mean that we have to to just look the other way at the problems that made us turn to new visions of progress in the first place. And if these things are being being imposed on people in a power of a way, that needs to be looked at too, because of course power over changes imposed on people what is that too? Well, it makes people knit pink pussy hats and show up in the street in very large numbers. I mean of course people don't like that. It's not it's not that it's appropriate for progressives to say, Oh, you guys and your concerns, bleh. They're they're not worth anything. I mean there needs to be such an enormous listening tour. Whether or not Mark Zuckerberg is gonna run for president, a prospect which sort of terrifies me because then he'd own the entire universe. Uh, but <laughs> but whether he is, the idea that he's going to go around um, in his copious spare time to all 50 states and talk to people everywhere, it's like, you know, in, in, in a beautiful, perfect world, everybody would have a chance to ramble around and talk to their neighbors across state lines and try to understand what's going on. I don't, I don't think that this is going to make that guy a worse person. I really don't. It's... It's important to, I mean, it's, it's terrible that it so often happens over Thanksgiving dinner and everybody gets drunk and throws things, but we've got to figure out a way to communicate across this line. I, just, I don't see that there's a, an option otherwise, because we all seem to be here sharing a political system, and it means such different things to us. Yeah, it's... It's odd, though, because most of the conservatives I know, and I would even say most of them don't, these issues of of gay marriage, most of the people I know don't care about, like, they're like, oh, you're gay, so what, I don't care. So it's, Especially younger people, yeah. Yeah, see, that's the other thing that fascinates me, is like, is the Republican Party isn't thinking this through because if the millennials which i do believe they're going to be more active because i the ones i know personally are terrified now and a lot of people i know who weren't activists before are out marching and reading the news <laughs> it's like it this all could bite them in the ass very swiftly yeah 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 i i think i think that there's no question that there's a at least a half a generation of people here whose life is going to look pretty different than it would have otherwise. And that is, when I say half a generation, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being as conservative haha, as I can <laughs> in saying this. I mean, it's, it's, it's possible that, that this country just took quite a turn. And it's also possible that we zigged and then we'll zag. Um, 
two-party system and all. We'll see what we'll see what the next president is going to do with the executive orders in the first ten days. It's it's it's. It's also hard to think into the future and think, oh, right, that's what it looks like, you know, and eh, 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 back forth, back forth, zigzag. It's that's that doesn't seem very that doesn't seem very awesome either. But I guess in Europe, all the countries have like nine thousand parties, and they figured out a way how to do that. So maybe we will figure it out as well. Yeah, I just Bannon scares me so much that I just I don't know what he's capable of or i think there's not very much he isn't capable of i often my mind wanders towards and i know this sounds paranoid but like a reichstag fire or something and i don't put that i feel like they're angling towards a conflict with iraq or north korea or god forbid china i have never felt so much that i wanted howard stern to be in the cabinet (laughs) i mean what? We're thinking back at George W. Bush and thinking, what gravitas? Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I too am, I too am extremely uh, concerned about Bannon. I don't think the guy lives in the same conceptual world as the rest of us, and they tell me he's intelligent, which is, in this instance, not actually a very good sign. So. Um, I think everybody needs to watch him like a hawk. And the Republicans who are looking around at each other and and under their breath muttering, what just happened? What just happened? (laughs) They need to stand up and stare at that guy all day long and say, and and hold him to account, hold Trump to account. It's not just the Democrats' job. It's the people whose party just got taken over by the guy in the rumpled coat. Yeah, and you were talking about, like, science fiction and these... I don't think... I think we, as Americans, have looked in other countries, like, and and have seen what is happening with them becoming an authoritarian state. It's weird to me that a lot of people don't see this, what is happening, because I feel like Bannon is moving things very quickly, there's constant distraction. I mean, Kellyanne Conway saying the whole Bowling Green thing, it, it isn't like, I, I feel it's more of a uh, distraction, like a, this is a thing we're going to do, a planned, than her just being a, a, a liar. I feel like they're just going, like setting fires and seeing which ones we can and cannot put out. Put out, yeah. Yeah, and when Kellyanne Conway says the media didn't pay very much attention to it, you know that's 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 planting a, a, another seed against the media and and if i had to say one thing that worries me overarchingly culturally not just politically about all this it's the degree to which um the media is being dismissed and attacked and i've been re- i've i've been reading so much media in the last six months or more that I kind of am not sure that I'm productive anymore as a human being, except as far as reading stuff, which I'm so glad that you're allowing me to talk to you about these things now, because it actually gives me something to do with what I have been spending all my time. (laughs) But I have to say that um, media at the moment 
is amazingly incisive, insightful, doing all the research their, you know, tiny little budgets are allowing them to do. Thank goodness for Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post so that they could continue to do something besides line bird cages. They're doing an amazing job of paying attention to all of this and bringing it out there. And the notion that half of the people in the United States don't respect this is is kind of the scariest thing of all because that allows whatever happens to happen and the the people who know better i think we need to to have i think we have to have media on our um they need support list you know when we're when we're throwing things at thanksgiving we need to be giving media a hug to our crazy aunts because it's important for the cultures um, happenings to be documented. And the idea that we don't have to pay attention to either that or history is ridiculous. We will, we will rue the day if that's how it turns out. So I think that we need to be active about it. You know, we need to be talking this up. We definitely do. It's not just pussy hats. It's support the media. As Bannon said, they're the opposition party. That should give a lot of people in this country a reason to support them. There's another issue that I've been I've thought about this morning is that education in this country already is uh, not the best, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sex education is lousy. I think of what it was like when I was a kid, and it was I, I it was just like what like I learned like every other guy with a deck of nudie cards or something like. Right. But I'm like I'm if DeVos gets the it becomes secretary of education education is going to take such a dive and so is i mean what is your thoughts on what will happen to sex education because that's a terrifying thought that it right right well in in some jurisdictions it couldn't get a whole lot worse except insofar as the more vouchers support religious education the kind of hate-mongering and intolerance that often isn't bothered to be said out loud in traditional bad sex education. Like, like LGBT youth don't get any services around their education, but they, they may not have the, the whole class be taught that who they are is wrong and they could be fixed. That will, in, in this, vision change and that's got to be uh, got to be stopped it's got to be resisted and the idea that any person of any orientation has the the right to information that would allow them to have a good and satisfying sex life not just a safe one not just uh, no pregnancy or STIs etc that should be what people expect out of sex education. It's not what most kids today get. It's what wealthy kids often get. And this is just gonna gonna send the class divide, um, you know, racing apart again. If you one more thing that's gonna do that about this administration. And in fact, um, there's gonna be, I think, some really excellent private school education because some private schools are going to turn 
more progressive than they already were because they're going to be so upset about all the stuff that's going down. Everybody else is, is kind of on their own. And the only good thing to say about people being on their own about sex education is that the, 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 the most half-assed sex education leaves young people curious and trying to figure out what do I want? Who am I? Who should I be having sex with? Who should I be desiring? And then if we can manage to have uh, uh, a young adult sex ed world as they do in colleges often today, as they do in, you know, as we do at Good Vibrations, as, as plenty of solo sex educators are running around trying to, to get information to young people before the habits are bad and entrenched, then then you know, maybe it won't get any worse than it already is, except the conservative religious education is likely to say way worse things, actively way worse things than than half-assed community sex education will say. And the fact is, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be having all of these problems today if if education in general hadn't been attacked 40 or 50 years ago. You know, this is not a this is this is a long game they're playing. This is not new. Education started to get worse in the 60s and 70s in many places in the country, and in many places in the country that were poor, it probably wasn't all that great to begin with. So we need to we need to remember the degree to which education is a public utility to allow us to be citizens, and reading your Facebook feed is not the same thing. Being able to think critically and think about what the past teaches us is part of it. And too many people who otherwise are awesome, young, hip, millennial, full of awesomeness, the new generation, the generation that that we're counting on to save our damned asses, too many of those folks don't seem to be all that interested in what happened long ago. Why? Because it's not on the Internet. You can't look it up. So I want them to get freaking excited about history because it's going to be really, really important in the next few years. It's uh, interesting how many people are unaware of uh, of history. I mean, Roy Cohen was Trump's right-hand man for years, and I point out, pointed out how awful that was. <laughs> he was McCarthy's right-hand man. And a lot of people didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, this is a bad... This guy... And pretty much every th- the behavior of Trump is Roy Cohn's approach to... Yep. And remember that Cohn worked with Nixon. So if anybody needs any more Nixon-Trump, Nixon-Trump, Nixon-Trump... Hmm kinds of feelings. <laughs> I mean, these are not good feelings. I realize there's many of us. But that's worth, that's worth pointing out, too. And, the, and Cone, let's also remember that Cone was a closeted gay man. Was he self-hating? Who knows? But he knew what side his bread was buttered on in the McCarthy era, and he helped make things worse for other people like him. And And that's that's something to really decry. I mean, whatever this dude did to help, you know, Trump become a successful, ruthless businessman, he didn't impart very good values that way. I only hope that 
Trump's mother's Bible has better values in it than that. And, of course, it depends on how you read that thing. I know some people will think that it's awful that I said that, but I said it. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of these Christians surely are missing some of the main Christian points. It's not really, a, you know, it's... I think Jesus would be... If he was real, if I'm, I'm going to say that, <laughs> but it's like I, I think he would be pretty down to hang out with the transgenders and all people. It's absurd to me that they. I, I'm sorry, I yeah. got <laughs> you know, I got no, worked no, up. No, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. No, he, he you know, a little cat emoji um, that has both of its paws brought up to its little mouth and it's complete, clearly freaked out. That little cat emoji. Just to kind of superimpose Jesus on that little cat emoji. And and I think you just about have it. Like, what are you people saying in my name? Are you serious? Because if the historical Jesus was that guy, he's now the cat emoji. Now, that was an if. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I just would like to ask people to picture that because, you know, you could put him in a cat hat or not, as you as you would prefer. <laughs> put, put yes. Uh, what is, and what are some things in your opinion that people may do, my listeners, to if they need to further educate themselves on some of the things that you teach, or if they're or about transgender folk? Because I think I had a couple of years ago, I had a, a guest on who is a friend of mine, but they were going through. Uh, they came out as a trans person and they and I I didn't know anything about I was ignorant about it and I was like I want to learn please educate me and I think a lot of people don't fully understand the, the world of, that right. these people live in right. and how dangerous I mean I didn't know that most of them at in then the I mean, it, I think it's changed a little bit, or at least in Los Angeles, but most of them only could get work as sex workers. Yeah. And it's tragic. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a, yeah, you, you, you're so right about the the Jesus insight about about hanging out with trans folks for sure. But, so first, um, there, there are terrific um, book resources these days, and increasingly, many every year because this is a community that's um, really in its in its civil rights movement phase for sure and um, I would suggest that people google on over to the transgender law center and just kind of look at the resources around there particularly because there not only do you get other good links and resources maybe to go into just more sort of informational space but also anybody who knows anybody who might need sources of support and resources will find them there um, they're a great organization and um, of course people who I mean just just simply to say um, there's more diversity in, in sexual identity and sexual orientation than just this either or binary culture so many of us have grown up learning about would would have told us and that's one of the things that's wrong with sex ed is that you can easily walk out of sex education not understanding gender identity sexual orientation 
the fact that you know not all straight women like the same thing, straight men like this. I mean, you just you just don't get that information, which is important once you go outside and you know get yourself a Tinder account. You need to you need to know some things about these things in order to use that app, or else you have such weird experiences. Open-minded people perhaps are having fabulous experiences, but but the the thing that I think is also um, worth saying is that every single one of us got less excellent sex education than we deserved. When I wrote the Sex and Pleasure book for Good Vibrations, I was trying to, to make a resource that would have all kinds of information in it. So there's things on sex and disability and illness and aging and lifespan and sex toys and identity and dating and as, as much stuff as my co-author, Shara Rednar, and I could, could pack into that thing. So that would be one place to start if people are like, sex, huh? I get, wait a minute, wait a minute, sex? We, we might be losing sexual rights? I better have some sex before we do that. <laughs> that <is laughs> I better deep. hurry up. That's right, people, hurry up. Um, and because more people who are having uh, better sex or at least have having better sex as their goal are going to take seriously politically the question of whether or not our sexual freedoms are... are um, at risk. So I, I just think that this is, this is personal and political all at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm from the 70s feminist generation that said the personal is political, and I'm sure that some people at different times haven't under, really understood what that meant, but I, it's always felt that way to me. It's always felt personal, what those folks up at the top have said and done. And I think when you think about it, many, many of us have that experience in our lives. So um, we're going to get on the streets. We're going to talk to one another. We're going to communicate with our uh, elected officials. We're going to run for office, millennials. We're going to run for office so we can go talk to those people in back rooms and tell them what we really think. We're going we're gonna to not allow our culture and political processes to be taken over by people that don't represent everyone. That's what we're going to do. What else? What else is on the uh, agenda? That's the agenda for the next couple of years, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, we've, my wife and I have been very active in getting out there because uh, you have to. And to, to just to wrap it up, can we please get uh, where people may follow you on Twitter, your books, and uh, the web, various websites? I am at Carol Queen on Twitter, and there's no E on that Carol. I'm not related to Carol King, even though all those people in my high school said that I must be her cousin, <laughs> which, what? See, I, I've, I've seen this, all these problems coming for a long time because of that sort of nonsense. Anyway, at Carol Queen, um, I've got a page on Facebook under, under that name, Carol Queen. Um, I can be uh, found at Good Vibrations, at Good Vibes Toys is where they're on Twitter, and goodvibes.com is their website. And at the Center for Sex and Culture, um, sexandculture.org is our website. And then I've written the Sex and Pleasure book, Good Vibrations Guide to Great Sex for Everyone, Exhibitionism for the Shy, Real Live Nude Girl, Chronicles of Sex Positive Culture, uh, and edited several other books as well. There's a little smut out there even and uh, I just try to stay busy talking about sex so that people have more sexual options that's kind of my little mission statement you're a hero 
You are so nice to say that. Thank you. <laughs> no, it, and but that's a great I stand, I stand on the shoulders of giants. You know what? I could not do any of the things that I do if there hadn't been some people who came along a decade or two or more before me and said, doesn't seem to be any place for me in this country. Let's make one. That's great. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Queen. Matt, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Remember, my theme music there at the top of the show is by a band called Les Blanks. Uh, and uh, please follow, go to my website, themattdwyer.com. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, write to me at conversationswithdwyer at gmail.com and uh, suggest people who should be on the show or ask me questions. Uh, I would love to hear from you. Remember, also do the feralaudio.com slash survey. Do the survey and review the show. Thank you, and power to the people. Oh, yeah, Matt Dwyer. He's a wonderful man. Oh, yeah, good old Matt Dwyer. He's a brilliant comedian man, and he's a writer. Oh, 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 he's got a brilliant mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes to have conversations with interesting people. jokes to all the people and all the people love to listen to him telling all his funny jokes good old Matt Dwyer having good conversations with all kinds of people lots of interesting people want to talk to Matt Dwyer yeah Matt Dwyer yeah good old Matt Dwyer he's a Man, he's a dark, dark man. He's a writer, man. He's a wonderful man. Having conversations with all of the interesting people in the world. government. It is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.